ours, then our hearts, listen to this, our hearts are in constant danger of becoming foolish and darkened. We're constantly in danger of that. We will say foolish things and we'll want to do dark, dark stuff. Just like what Paul said happened to the Romans when he was talking to the Romans about people who would gotten really messed up. We're in danger of that when he's not at home. We're in danger of it. Let's get that. We are in danger of our thinking becoming futile. If he's not living his life in us and through us, if he's not in charge, we're in danger, folks. We are in danger when we're like that. Listen, hear that. Danger, danger, danger. Something dangerous is ahead. <laughs> Be careful. The bridge is out. You're going down the wrong road. You're going to die if you do that. Okay. <laughs> I guess I have a lot of passion about that because I've been wore out on it. <laughs> you know, I think about this. That you may know. Okay, that it goes on. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. Know is a powerful word. It means to know in a way that is settled. We will not be double-minded or swayed by every new thing that comes our way because there's lots of new things we hear all the time. You know, this and that. I'm going to be a lawyer today. Tomorrow I'm going to be a doctor. Next week I'm going to be, a, be an engineer. I wind up not going to college. <laughs> That's what happens a lot. They get swayed. You got that? We've got to know something. Okay? This is cool. In our thinking and feelings, we will be settled. Thinking and feelings. You've got to be settled. Your feelings will rip you apart if you don't get settled in your feelings. And your thinking will mess you up. It'll lead you astray if you, they don't get settled on some things. And they have to be convinced. Paul prayed for three things. Are you all okay out there? And I think there's a progression in these three things that I've seen. There's this progressive thing in the prayer. you all got that? There's a progression. In other words, one builds on the other. Let me just hit them right quick. First one, he said that you'd be settled in this. You would know the hope of his calling. Everybody got his. Emphasize his calling. Again, back to Bruce. It's not what you want. It's not what we want. When we get what we want apart from God, it creates chaos. Here's one thing that Bruce did in the movie that was pretty cool. He, had, he was hearing all these people praying. Man, it was just prayers. He was hearing all these prayers. So he developed this program. Him having the power of God, he created this program that would answer prayers. They, their prayers would come on the, you know, this is modern, man. We got computers. So when you pray, God, there's a computer up there, and your prayer comes up. You got mail, you know. And so this prayer comes up. Lord, I want to win the lottery. And so Bruce developed this thing where it would answer globally. Every prayer would be answered. He just didn't want to mess with it flat. Yes. <laughs> Everybody got their prayer answered. But here's what happened. Everybody got their prayer answered. And it created a riot in the city because everybody got mad because everybody, a bunch of people won the lottery and it was millions of dollars, but everybody got like 70 bucks a piece because <laughs> everybody won it. Everybody got what they wanted. You see, everybody can't get what they want. That was the whole thing. And when we get what we want, if we demand that God give me this, I've got to have this. It's going to create chaos in your life. They were rioting and the place was on fire and they were turning over cars and beating up people. And, you know, that was what was going on. It was like this terrible riot had happened in the city because God had given them everything they wanted. It's what they wanted. It wasn't what God wanted. And we've got to hear that. It's the hope of His, 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 not the hope of my calling, what God's called me, what I'm thinking I want. I've got to find out what he wants. What do you want, God? And that was really very 
powerfully spoken in that movie, I felt like, wow, is that, man, that's what's going to happen if I get what I want. But Paul prayed we would know the invitation that God has given us, okay, this is practically and in a broad sense. Practically every day, it's not just about the Lord's called me to be a pastor, you know, rah, 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 rah. But I've got I to gotta know what God's invited me to, um, you know, tomorrow. This afternoon, I'm going to be in situations. I need to know, what has God invited me to do in this situation? Is, you know, is God in this thing? I need to know that. I don't, you know, I need to understand what His heart is in everything I'm doing in my life. And that's what the hope of His calling is uh, in a very concise, concise little word here. Therefore, brethren, be more diligent to make your call and election sure. That's a great scripture, isn't it? And this is the cool thing about the hope of this calling. There comes a hope. Hope in the Bible does not mean hope what Americans have made it hope. Well, I, I hope, I hope I get a job. I hope I get a job when I get out of college. You know, I went four years to college. I hope I get this job. I just hope. You know, well, I hope my wife don't leave me. And that's how we use it. But in the Bible, hope means certainty. It's different from our hope. Is a certainty with it. Paul said, I want you to know the hope of his calling. It would be a certain, settled thing in your life. That's cool, isn't it? So here's my paraphrase that Paul said to those guys. I want you to know for sure what he wants. That's God. So you can give yourself to it without reservation. Now that's what that little hope of his calling will do. You will know for sure what God wants so you can say, this is what God wants and I'm going to give it myself to it without... I don't have to worry. It's what God wants. I can pour myself into it. I can totally give my... I don't have to be worrying, oh, God, am I doing the right thing? Has I really heard God? Paul's saying, no, I don't want you to be like that. I want you to be stable. I want you to be secure. I want that to be a settled issue in your life. That's powerful, isn't it? Because don't we want to know that kind of stuff from God? I mean, I do. I'm looking for that. I need to know what you want me to do. What are you inviting me to do, Lord? I really need to know what I'm supposed to do about this job. I need to know what I'm supposed to tell my kids. I need to know if you want Grace to Mike, marry Mike Fulton. I need to know you wanted this because I got questioned about it. Who gave permission for this? Now, who approved this? That's what my oldest son said when he heard it. Who approved this? That's the elder brother, Michael. Doesn't mean he didn't like it. He's just an elder brother. He wants to know who approved this. <laughs> I need to be able to answer. Well, God did, because he said, Did God tell you to do that? That's what he said to me. Now, he was just being the old elder brother, hard to get along, difficult guy that, you know, elder brothers can get to be because they have their thing. But um, the truth is, we need to know those things. I need to be able to say, Yeah. Yeah, God did tell us to do that. And I can feel comfortable about it. Because I don't want to be feeling uncomfortable about it. But just in case, this is what I told Michael, by the way, just so his parents will know. The giving away of the bride. Who gives this bride to be married? Uh, her daddy, her oldest brother, her youngest brother, and her uncle Eric, who found out about it and said, I want in on that. <laughs> but Michael, just in case you ever mess up and I'm too old to get you, I've got a list of people that's going to come after you. Somebody's going to be able to run you down. <laughs> Not that we think you would do that. That's just... Because Becky kept saying, what about me? You don't matter, Becky. I'm talking about muscle here. <laughs> We're talking about beating somebody up and hurting. <laughs> Got to do that if you get older. 
Anyways, we've got to get done here. The riches of the glory of His inheritance. Again, it's His inheritance. Now, this is simply put, it is understanding how valuable we are to God. Isn't that a powerful statement? How valuable God views us. It's His inheritance. Okay? And this cuts right to the heart of our insecurity, our inferiority complexes, etc., so on and so forth, or of thinking too much of yourself. You know, this creates, I believe, true humility in a person when they can understand how valuable they are to God. True humility. That was a great thing about that movie also. I keep hating Brant movie. But one of the scenes in the movie was God was mopping the floor. And you see, God is not wrapped up in his identity of being able to divide Red Sea, raise the dead, walk on water, the creator of the universe. He can mop the floor and be settled in who he is. Or he can raise the dead and be settled in who he is. Jesus was fine about being born in a manger. You see what I'm saying? But you see, we have to have something from God to be able to do that. True humility doesn't just, oh, you know, I'm just more little measly me. That's not real humility. Real humility is being settled that you know who you are in God. That's it. And you're settled with that. You understand that. You're not worried about it. And it's not what you do and everything that counts first. Although you need to be doing something productive with your life and need to be accepted by people and all that, those are needs that God's given us. But if you don't have this, how value you are to God settled, man, you ain't never going to get anywhere. You're always going to be messed up. You're always going to be destabilized. And that's a powerful thing. Things we do do not threaten who we are. And I think, again, that's a, as a key to relationships in this. Okay, because it's not only how valuable I am to God, it's how valuable Jerry Jolly is to God. Okay, I'm settled that God, I highly value Jerry God, but I'm going tr- to, you know, God highly values me. I'm going to trash this bum here. What is his problem? No, you're not going to trash this son of mine. He's as valuable to me as you are. And it helps us in our relationships with each other that we would realize as we start getting this revelation about us, on a personal level, we're going to start seeing it about other people. That, that God values them too. God loves them too. God cares about them too and wants them to be treated right. It really is a powerful thing to get this revelation about the, your, your personal value before the Lord. And, and Paul was praying that. So it helps you. It helps you with your friends. And it probably helps you with the enemies. You know? Okay, the exceeding greatness of his power towards us. So you see, you start out of being settled in God's calling upon your life. Okay? That's one step. Then the next step, but you've got to be settled in who you are. You can't be inferior. You can't be over, you know, exalting yourself in this, in this calling thing because if you do, it's going to create a lot of problems. Okay? Now here's the truth. Okay? Uh... If we are settled in who we are and what God's called us to do and we're settled in our value of ourselves, then God can release His power to us. Now, you think about it for a second. You are not going to let a guy who has not gone to school and studied and who's insecure and a mealy-mouth weasel operate on you, you or your child, would you? If you had to have your brain cut open, say your child had to have his brain cut open, and you went to this doctor, and the guy never went to, day, day, went to school a day in his life, and he was just as insecure and mealy-mouthed and, you know, slobbering and, you know, just acting like, just man, you think, that guy ain't going to touch my kid? 
Or if you went to him and he was just big, arrogant, nasty thing, and you think, man, who wants to be around this person? You're just not going to do it. God is not going to invest power in insecure people who don't know what they're supposed to be doing. You hear what I'm saying? It just doesn't work that way. You know, you go out on a job site and you want electricians who are dealing with electricity, you ain't going to put some guy in there who's never dealt with it before. You're going to put somebody who understands it, understands what it can do, is going to respect it and treat it right and follow its rules. Because electricity has rules. It has a lot of rules. And if you break any of those rules at any point, you or somebody else can die. Easily. Easily. I remember when I was an engineer, there was a guy who was a, like a master electrician who'd been like 30 years of experience that put his hand in this thing they call a motor control center because it was, everything was locked out. All the power was gone. He stuck his little finger up in there to do something. His little pinky, 480 volts went in his little pinky and blew out the back of his head. He was dead instantly. It's because he broke the rules of electricity. There was one, you know, this was like a multi-source thing. Had multi-feeds into this thing. And somebody didn't, somebody broke the rule. They didn't lock them all out. So you don't give people who don't understand power, power. God doesn't do that. He's not going to do that with us. Because, see, Bruce in the movie abused the power. He caused a tidal wave. He caused this meteor to come down to earth and created weather patterns. He abused the power. That's what it was saying. He caused a riot. The power of God is something that really has to be dealt with right and it has to be dealt with according to its rules. Are you all with me on that? Yes. Real important. So you see how this progression goes? Are you all with me on that? All right, let me just throw this out at you. In the Greek, we can see four dimensions of power that Paul named, okay, in that one sentence. First power was, everybody knows, the dunamis power, the power of ability and miracles. Okay, let me just read that. And just so you'll see it, this is so important because these four dimensions of God's power is what worked in Christ when he was raised from the dead. There was four dimensions of power. It wasn't just one power. Okay, it was in uh, 19. What is the exceeding greatness of his power? That's the first power. Okay, towards us who believe. According to the working. Working is the next power word. It means energy. That's what it means, you know, that word there, the energia. And, and that is the above power harness so it can work. It's spiritual energy. It's God working in you to will and to do. It provide, there's an energy with power. Just like there's an energy with electricity. There's something that it gives it this ability to use the power, to harness the power, to make the power work. That's really important. And then there's this, according to, uh, to the working of his mighty. Here's another power. Mighty means the power of government. It means God's governing authority. Okay, y'all got this. This is cool, man. This is four dimensions of power. You can get into some power. It don't have to just be that one of miracles. No, there's this energy that God will give me, spiritual energy to do things. Even when I'm dragging my body, suddenly I get energized. That's a form of power. There's authority that God gives to exercise His authority over, over whatever it is that God's put in our life. And then the last one, According to his mighty power, this is another power, and this is the muscle power that binds and breaks the power of the enemy. See, the power of the enemy has to be broken, and this is a separate power that God has, form of power, an expression of power specifically to go after the devil, to bind him, to stop him, to break his back. Okay? So, I'm going to end on one more thing. i got one more thing I want to tell you. This is cool. This is just for personal edification, okay? Four dimensions of his power. 
I think this is so cool. Genesis 2.10. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four riverheads. Everybody say four. Okay? So, here's what those four... I went and looked up the, the meaning of those four Hebrew words for those four rivers. One of them is the Tigris, and one of them is the Euphrates River. That's the only two I can pronounce. There's a couple more. Uh, and, but they mean this. They mean rapid. They mean free-flowing. They mean bursting forth, and they mean that which makes fruitful. That's cool, isn't it? That's real cool. This is just cool stuff here. You know, when you ain't doing anything else and you're thinking about the Lord, and he, you know, and you start seeing stuff. But, listen to this. There's these fours. Fours in the Bible. There's four rivers, okay? The four faces of Christ. Do you all remember that teaching I did several months ago? Four faces of Christ. You know, the, the, the ox the eagle, the lion, and the man. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Remember that? Remember that teaching I gave you on the four spiritual seasons in a person's life? There's four spiritual Uh-oh, here's four dimensions of God's power. Four dimensions of God. And then in Ephesians 3, there's four dimensions of God's love. So, it's interesting. I don't really know what it all means yet. <laughs> but I just think there's something in this. I think somehow we could go and connect all these things up. There's these dots that can be connected that could really speak something powerful to us about uh, the four dimensions of His power, the four expressions of Christ, you know, the four rivers that are flowing in the spirit realm that are bursting forth and rapid, and you know, the four dimensions of His love that God wants to release. And so, I just thought I'd throw that out. I hadn't worked. I just, just did that. Amen. So I pray, Lord, that we would have this understanding about this stuff. And uh, just pray you speak to people this morning. And Lord, we want <clears throat> to just know you better, Lord. That's what it's all about. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just wait just on the Lord. I know it's over time and all that, but here's one thing the Lord showed me this morning. I hate to say this, but no, I don't hate to say it. I saw the Lord when the Megan was singing. It's like the Lord came riding in on a horse. And he stopped and he sort of had his arm down on the saddle and he was looking at us. And he said this, is this going to be the day? That's what he said. Is this going to be the day? And then he sat there and watched us a little bit and he turned around and started riding off. And I was saying, no, don't ride off. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Don't ride off, Lord. I'm like the woman with the issue of blood. I'm, I'm going to grab the tail of that horse, <laughs> you know. I was grabbing for it. I need you, Lord. And that's really what the Lord... I think that's what the Lord wants to bring us to, is that we feel like that woman. We're desperate for the Lord. We're desperate for Him. Is this going to be the day? He's sitting there and his arm looking at us. Is this going to be the day? You know, is this going to be the day? I think the Lord's saying that to somebody. Is this going to be the day? He's sitting there waiting on you, you know, looking at you. He'll come back. He wasn't mad and started riding off, you know. No, Lord, all I could see was this big white tail on the horse. I'm going to grab that tail and hold that horse back. Don't you leave. Don't leave, Lord. Please don't leave. We need you, Lord. We need you. Tell me what you're seeing, Lord. Tell me what you're hearing. I want to know. What do you see when you come riding in here and looking at us? Well, he's not mad, I can tell you that. He's not upset with a soul in this room. He comes in here and he's saying, is this going to be today? for whatever that may mean to you personally. I think it's something good. Amen? Amen, Lord.
Amen. That's right. Thank you, Lord. Well, Lord, we just want to we want to be in that day of power. We can't create it, but you can. And so we pray this morning. I pray for every person in this room. Lord, one of these days you're going to keep coming. You're going to ride on in here, Lord. It will be the day for us. For some of it, the day's right now. Father, I pray for any conviction that you brought in some in someone's heart this morning. If there's anybody that felt any conviction from the Lord, I just pray just you could raise your hands to the Lord right now and just receive from the Lord. Just make an exchange with the Lord. That's what it's all about. You know, especially that self thing. You know, if you're just the old self guy like old Bruce, you know, the Lord wants you to release that so he can give you, you know, his life. If you just are a self-centered Christian this morning, if you're living from your soul without the Lord living and ruling in your soul, you really need to ask the Lord that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we ask you to forgive us, Lord, this morning for places where we have broken uh, the rules of power. Uh, we ask you to forgive us, Lord. Lord. We've misused it or applied it wrongly, designed it badly. We ask you to have mercy on us. Lord, we really do pray and agree, Lord, for that. That you'd release, Lord, something in us. Uh, Lord, that we would come to the place, Lord, that we would really pray in a right way, Lord. We would call out to you in a right way. And, Lord, we ask you for your healing grace to come on us right now. I feel like the Lord wants to heal people. And I think it... I, I want to pray for people who are sick in their bodies, but I feel like there's just wounds in relationships that God wants to heal. And, and just that kind of thing. I just think it needs to be healed. Okay? It needs to be healed this morning. Lord, we ask you to heal that this morning. I just have this thing, Lord. I want to pray for that, Lord. I want it healed in my life, Lord. Just wounds between uh, mother and daughter, and father and son, father and daughter. Wounds between friends. Lord, wounds between people in the church, Lord. Lord, we're asking you to release that healing bomb and heal us this morning, Lord Jesus. Let us be thankful, Lord, where the enemy won't have access in our lives, Lord. Heal, Lord, heal. Anybody in this room needs healing, just ask the Lord to heal you. I'm not going to ask you to come up here. I'm just going to pray, though. I really believe the Lord wants to heal. It really is the truth. Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand. A marriage can't stand if there's division. Your relationship with your children, if there's division, it will not stand. You need to get it healed. If you're taking somebody for granted this morning, you need to stop doing that and be thankful for that person. Lord, we are asking this morning, we are just going to take this moment because we don't want to just come to church and leave and go home and, and not be any different. We want you to heal us, Lord. Heal our hearts. Heal our broken hearts, Lord. Heal our broken hearts. Heal our broken hearts. Lord, heal the broken hearts in this room right now, Lord. A broken heart really can't live from there. 
It'll only become darkened. It'll only become futile, Lord. Heal it, Lord. Lord, if people in this room, there's disappointment with the Lord Himself. Lord, ask, Lord, ask you this morning to lay it down. Here's one thing the Lord told me recently. And it helped me so much. And we've heard this forever. Is Byron, will you lay your rights down? Will you release your rights? And I think some of us have these rights we're battling for. And I feel like the Lord wants to tell you this morning the way to win that fight is to not fight. The way to win that fight is put your rights down. Because the Lord will not fight for your rights if you're fighting for them. If you've been treated unjustly and then you go to fight for it and, and God's not fighting for that battle, you're going to lose that battle every time. You're going to create chaos. But if you'll lay all your rights down at the Lord's feet and say, Lord, I don't have any rights this morning apart from you. You know, you go and read in Luke 6 and it tells you these things clearly. The Beatitudes. In other words, this is the way you're supposed to be. This is the way I am. Be that way. You can't be that way if Jesus is not ruling inside of you. I'll tell you that again. All these things that have come against, I think the Lord wants to clear them off today. All these things that have divided, all these things that have hurt, all these things that have destabilized us. Lord, we're just praying right now. We want you to touch them, Lord. Heal them. Heal marriages today. Heal friendships today. Heal relationships today, Lord. Heal, Lord. We're asking for the healing bomb to come on us. Just heal, Lord. Lord, those who have passed that hurt them, Lord. I feel like there's somebody in this room that something happened in your past and you were hurt over it. You were really hurt over it. And I believe the Lord's saying He wants to heal their memories. That past is not going away, but God can heal it for you. And when you see it, you'll see it, see it in a different way. So I just pray for you, whoever you are, that thing that really wounded your heart. There's somebody in this room, when you were younger, your heart was seriously wounded. I mean seriously wounded. And the Lord was there when it was wounded. He saw it. But the Lord's here today also. He wants to heal your heart. But you've got to release those feelings to Him. You've got to be real with Him. Lord, it was hurt. It hurt me, Lord. It hurt me. Tell Him that. Just tell Him it hurt. I'm hurt over it still, Lord. I can't get away from it. He's saying, I'll heal you if you'll get real with me. I'm near to those who call on me in truth. That's what I read to you. First, if I, you'll call on me, be truthful with me. I will deal with that thing in you. I will help you. He heals. And I know there's people in this room that have been wounded by the words of people who are close to them. And Lord, we just want to release those words today. Lay them at your feet, Jesus. And ask you, Lord, we just release the people who said those things that maybe weren't necessarily true or, or maybe they were true. We just couldn't receive them. But we just... We, we release those people today. We release them, Lord. We give them to you right now. We forgive them, Lord. We choose them. They're forgiven. They're released. They don't, they don't owe us anything. They don't owe us an apology. They don't owe us anything. We just bless them today, Lord.
We pray for them, Lord. Mm. Just do that in us, Lord. That's what we need you to do. Let your grace flow right now in this room in people's hearts. Let it flow into healing. There's some people in this room that have this expectation from other people and a demand that you're placing on somebody. And that person can't do what you're demanding of them. They can't do it. They're not going to do it. The Lord's saying, release that person. Just release them. Let them go. And the Lord will heal you. Just let them go. And I think there's people in this room this morning who wanted relationships with people. Maybe it was with the opposite sex or whatever. But you've got to lay it down today. You've got to release it. You've got to give it up. If you will give up, that's how you get with God, is you give those things up and release those to Him. If you'll release that child, that backslidden child, that child that you've loved and that you wanted so bad and wanted good things for him, if you will give them up to God today, that's their ticket in. Got to give them up. Got to let go of them. It's so hard for a parent to do that, but it's really right in God's eyes because then God can work. God cannot work or will not work when we're trying to do it. Let God fight your battles. The way you let them is by surrendering yourself to Him. Surrender. Whatever it is, surrender. That thing you can't get over, you've got to surrender it to Him. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just want to commend all this to you, Jesus. Thank you for all this, Lord. Just one more moment. Just let the peace of God... Let the grace of God, let the love of God settle on these people today, Lord, in this room. Let it settle on them. Let it go into their hearts deeper than it's ever went. Let it go into the, the grace of God. Just go into all those dark places, all those raw places, all those hurting places, and heal, heal, heal. Let God's mercy be upon our lips. Let us hear with mercy and see with mercy. Let our, let our lives be lives of vessels of mercy, not vessels of wrath. Let it be so, Jesus. Let us be a testimony in the earth. Lord, we pray that in the name of Jesus. Let's thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I guess y'all can be dismissed now. <laughs>